T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This first guest that we have tonight is here uh, joining us to talk about something very important. Did you know it's been a year since the Atlanta Atlanta shootings of Asian women um, who are now living in fear? Many women are living in fear. And I, you know, you ask the question, how are we all going to stay safe? I know that's the question they ask. They want to know, how do you stay safe? And it's amazing because in the African-American community, these are some of the same seriously important questions we ask. So like many Asian women, uh, a woman named Melody Kamana is afraid to venture out. Afraid to venture out. Now, after that Atlanta spa shooting, um, that incident after incident after incident uh, targeting Asians, the 24-year-old woman, um, Melody, actually said that many of which are not only in her city of New York, but also near her campus at New York City. And so as we talk about this tonight, I know some of you may may think, oh my goodness, this is still happening, because we have a way of forgiving for or forgetting. And that's that's unfortunate. But don't be afraid. There is so much talk about this around the country, and we need to talk about it tonight. Because for many Asian and Asian American women, the shootings on March 16th, 2021, in which eight people, including six Asian women, were fatally shot at three Atlanta area spas. Do you remember that? Just a year ago. And of course, it still hurts. Of course, it it brings them to their tears, just like it does for so many other people of color. Well, joining us to talk about this is Marian Jaming Liu, and I really appreciate you joining us tonight, Marian. How are you? Hi. How are you? Welcome. I'm doing. I'm doing well. Tell me how you are. Um, it's a. It's been a hard week. You know, this is not the kind of anniversary you want to celebrate. It's a sad time. Isn't that the truth? When you speak to those who are not a part of your community and you say, hey, it's been a year, what do they say to you? Um, so I've been covering this and interviewing you know, Asian and Asian American women for two years now, since the start of the pandemic, since there's been rhetoric from our former president, um, you know, saying things like Kung Flu and how my community mm. has been blamed for the pandemic and has been targeted and attacked, and especially um, Asian women. And then you had the Atlanta shooting, and it's still happening. I mean, there's repeated incidents, especially in New York. And 
Um, there have been many women, including um, Congresswoman Grace Meng, who was behind the, the Hate Crime Act, and including myself, who are scared, scared to go outside. Um, talked to many women who have not only like pepper sprays, personal alarms, even have clubs. Um, you mentioned Melody. She's thinking about getting a stun gun. It's, it's really unfortunate. And it seems to be affecting not just the young Asian women. We're talking nearly all ages. Yeah, yeah. What do you say or how do you, how are you planning to deal with it all? I know that it takes some protesting. I remember it started right after the spa event. Uh, There were protests going Mm -hmm. on with Asian American women specifically. Are you still looking at new strategies? Are you still protesting? Tell me where the movement that you started, that has been started, I should say, tell me where they are today. There's many different levels. I mean, there's protests that are going on, a lot of them last week and over the last two years, um, basically to be seen and heard. I come from the Asian community is one that um, not often speaks up. I mean, there's a cultural value that um, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down that we kind of, you know, um, like many immigrants, we'll keep our head down and just keep working and that's how many of our parents and grandparents came to this country as, and they just stomached it. It's not like any of these attacks are new. They just stomached it. They just didn't report it or talk about it. And it's heartbreaking that they had to go through that. Um, but now, you know, younger generations are speaking up. They're arming themselves personally with the personal alarms, with the stun guns. Um, and another thing that, that was big is they're, they're making sure that not only they're seen, but they're heard and their names are being said right. There was movement to say, you know, the six Asian women's names right because they're just repeatedly mispronounced. And that was even for myself to include my Chinese name in my byline. It's very important that we don't hide any part of ourselves. And then another one that um, is important is that we know our own history, that this is nothing new, that we've been here for many, many generations, like 10 11 generations been here, you know, making the railroads and everything that we've our fabric of the American, of the American history. Once you found out about the COVID-19 hate crimes act that was passed in the house, did you have more hope? Um, I did because it's, it's tough to, there was a high threshold for what was a hate crime. So for example, um, there was a man that I had interviewed last year, well, Quintana, and he's basically getting out of the subway in New York. And it was a silent crime. As he was getting out of the subway, a man attacked him, slashed his face mm-hmm. cheek to cheek with a box knife. And there was no words exchanged. And so in that case, you can't call it a hate crime. It's an assault, even though he was like one of the few, if not the only Asians on the subway, he was targeted. So it's very difficult. You know, to say it's a hate crime. Wow. So, how are the men of the Asian community? How are they handling this? Are they joining in, trying to figure out how to make this stop? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, the wall—it's, it's, you know, happening to both genders. I think Asian females are targeted more because there's a stereotype. I mean, when you're talking about the spa. Incidents. There's a hypersexuality stereotype. There's also a stereotype, like I said, that we won't even report it. We won't fight back. We won't talk about. So 
So it's important to um, erase that, to talk, to discuss it, not with only within our community, but, you know, outside. Like, this is mm-hmm. still happening. This is still affecting us. This really hurts. You know, with the piece of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, not wanting to have a violent you know, to, to invoke anything or, you know, to, I mean, inspire people to kill and hurt. But he just said, look, no, this is a nonviolent movement. Um, yet so many mm-hmm. people died. And just like you're saying, you know, you don't, you don't, you just believe that you ought to be able to stand on your own peacefully and protest, peacefully and walk, whatever it is that you've decided to do. But do you believe that works? Do you think it, it elongates the, the <laughs> protest, you know, the events that should yeah, be happening? Yeah, that's hard. That's hard to say. I mean, I'm a journalist like you, so I can't personally, you know, protest. But I think that whoever, um, I think the first step, like I said, is to speak out the it's hard for many of our community to even admit, even in the story. Um, I talked to so many, two or three times more than the women represented in the story um, in the post. And mm-hmm. most of them did not want to go on record or to, you know, young. And a lot of them did not want to even get photographed. Mm-hmm. And it, it was so hard to even find somebody to talk to, even anonymous, because they just didn't want to say something. And that's the first step in getting, you know, the issue recognized. Well, getting the issue recognized can sometimes be the absolute hardest thing to get done. Um, and so the yeah. fight continues. And I know that you're working so hard. And I know that there will be so much more information coming out since we have reached this year to talk about. And I'm just hopeful that not only your community, but all communities of women specifically come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the Million Women March. Remember that? Um, right before COVID. Yeah. And it was so successful. Yet, I feel as though I wish there had been more and more of those. So um, do you believe mm-hmm. the Asian community community? period is open to so many of us joining together to do whatever we have to do to protect them and ourselves. Yeah. And you, you've already seen it in the last year, you know, the Asian community and the black community coming together, coming Mm -hmm. together, you know, under BLM, um, because both our communities are hurting right now and both our communities are adversely affected by COVID. So it is important to band together. So are we starting to see young teenagers that are within your community stand up and go, look, this is not going to happen to us. We're going to change things right now. You know, it's kind of what's been happening across the world and other movements. And the young people are really coming forward. What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned about the name thing, um, unlike other previous generations who kind of put their head down and were like, we're just going to take it. They're like, no. This is my name. This is my given ethnic name. This is who I am. Take it. You're not renaming me. Also, I am very proud of being Asian. Do not cut me down for that. And it is beautiful to see that. The last person that I had interviewed in this story, um, she had mentioned she was working on an art project. This, this teenager was working on an art project about racism. And she went to the store to ask for supplies. And the worker basically swore at her and said, you're going to give me COVID. Mm. And this teenager was fine with me quoting her, using her name, and also saying, I'm not scared of being out there. I'm not scared of who I am. I'm very, very proud of being Asian. I'm okay with going outside. So it's beautiful that she, you know, that's the first step. 
you know, not being ashamed of who we are. And, you know, this is just, you know, bold, bold and brave. Bold and brave. You put that on a T-shirt for me, would you? (laughs) You've seen it before, but seriously, this is so important. I don't want things to get worse. I want to get things to get to better. And it has not been easy in our country for women, specifically in the last two years, you know, with them trying to tell us whether we can have a baby or not or how our bodies have to be used, you know, men telling us what to do with ourselves. So it's very frustrating that all of these things are tied in together during the same time period. And that is unusual. So as we watch all of this happening with the Asian American community, the black community, Native American communities, we could go on and on. We know that together we are stronger. And so I tell you, if there's something I can do, call me or contact me. If there's something we need to talk about, uh, about this movement, please call my producers, let them know, oh, I have another thing we need to talk about. Because we have to keep yeah. it out front in order for it to, to, yeah, to be known, right? So I appreciate you mm-hmm. joining me tonight. I really do, Marianne. And as we go forward, I hope that I pronounced your name correctly. I hope that <laughs> <laughs> because I do not want to enter. It means um, my my last name is Leo. It means willow tree. It also stands for resilience. So oh, I that's think beautiful. Uh, our names are beautiful. Yeah, and it's so not Leo, um, Leo. Yeah, Leo. Yeah. And the Leo. middle part is, is Jaming. So it's yeah. Marian Jaming Leo. Yeah. Marian Jaming Leo. Thank you so much you for joining it. us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.